0: All right, Jesus is bringing, bringing the heat this week.
1: <laughs> what do you, You're you just I looking love at when, me expectantly. I love,
0: when, <laughs> <laughs> I love when I say something like that and Maya just looks at me with just
2: a total blank face.
1: Well, you're just looking at me, though. I'm like, am I supposed to be like, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I mean,
2: she's giving you a reaction like it's kind of like a dad joke, like you're... Oh, like, like eh, eh. But That wasn't even
1: cool. a joke. He was. He was,
0: was being... Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week, with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Director of Faith Formation here at St. Paul's Cathedral in San Diego.
1: And I'm Maya Little-Sonia, and I'm the Youth Minister.
2: I'm Jackie Pippin, and I'm the Digital Resource Curator.
0: And welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast. We are in week number two of Lent. A full week in, a week and a half in uh, to the Lenten season, and therefore, ten at least ten days in by the time you're listening to this of our Lenten practices. So, we're going to take uh, some time before we get into the gospel, which we do every week, uh, to check in on Instagram today, and also to follow up on our practices for Lent. So I won't be on Instagram. See how they're going. That's right. Maya's not allowed to look at the Instagram (laughs) because she's not on Instagram for Lent. Um, But uh, we have been on Instagram a lot this week, and so have you. And we've been asking some questions for you to comment on on our Instagram feed. And so we wanted to share one of those uh, questions and comments, and then we'll share our answers to the question as well. Uh, So the question from this past week was, what is most meaningful to you in worship? And... The one, the one response was um, sharing the Eucharist with the community. Jackie, do you have one? What's your favorite?
2: What's the um, thing
0: that's most important to you in worship?
2: Right now, something that's been really special for me since I've been living in Japan is to worship in English. Uh, you know, I, I love hymns and I love worshiping with my Japanese church, but when I'm able to be back in the States and sing those hymns in English and really participate more fully because I understand everything that's going on is probably most meaningful to me in worship right now. Mm
1: -hmm. Whether it's in personal or like community worship, I think most important thing is connection. Um, so I love like singing, hymns with the community and all our voices are raised and I love just doing things that especially the Eucharist, um, with one bread and one cup that Mm -hmm. connect me to everyone in in that space, but then also to God. Anything like that.
0: My favorite thing is when we're all quiet.
1: When does that ever happen though?
0: (laughs) I'll tell you there's one (laughs) time. It's the it's up to the discretion of the presider but it's the silence after the preacher finishes preaching Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and before we do the Nicene Creed. So there's always, hopefully there's some amount of silence where the preacher has sat down and the presider has not yet stood up to lead to like begin the Nicene Creed. Mm -hmm. And it's usually only like five or 10 seconds, but it's one of my favorite parts of the Eucharist.
1: People really notice it too. It's funny because the kids will be like, why isn't she going?
0: Right. (laughs) Because everything else is like moving and talking and singing, which is really good, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, there's so much power, like, um, like, like the comment on Instagram, you know, sharing the Eucharist with the community is like, there's real power in being together in the movement of the service and, and in, in breaking bread together and the communion. But I also find real power in being in silence in community. Like I have my own personal like prayer practice of silent meditation and contemplation, like centering prayer. But I think there's something really powerful of like actually being in spaces with other people where there is just silence. Yeah. And that almost never happens so
2: yeah so cool yeah
0: so um if you have uh time this week make sure to check out our instagram feed follow us on instagram we post um questions for your own reflection and uh, conversation throughout the week and we invite you to comment with your responses on all of those posts and we'll share them on the podcast and if you also you can put any you can contact us through instagram uh, in that comment section, you could ask us any questions or share any stories of your week of faith discussion. You can send us an email to faithtogo at stpalcathedral.org And you can also contact us through the website, www.myfaithtogo.org. And we will share any of those questions, comments, or stories from your week of faith reflection and discussion on the next podcast. Um, so we are going to transition now to... Talking about the gospel and our regular rhythm of each taking a point from the gospel uh, and highlighting it so that you can take it into your conversations this week using the Faith to Go resources, if you are using them with your family, or into your own personal reflections if you're not. Uh, You can find all those Faith to Go resources on our website, www.myfaithtogo.org, as every week they are based on the gospel for this Sunday, which is... Again, Sunday, March 17th, Lent 2 in year C of the three-year lectionary cycle. And the gospel is Luke 13, 31-35. Jackie's going to read it, and then we are going to talk about it.
2: At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that fox for me, Listen. I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you. And I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord.
0: So Jesus is uh, making sure everyone knows his personal schedule for the next few days in this gospel. Um, For some context, we've jumped ahead in the gospel a little bit from the last time uh, we were together.
1: And even that was a jump.
0: Yeah, so last last Sunday we... The Gospel is from Luke 4, as you recall, Jesus being tempted in the desert by by the devil. This week we're in Chapter 13, so we've jumped ahead considerably. And because we're in uh, the liturgical season of Lent, the the stories are going to be from Luke, but they're going to be chosen thematically instead of in chronological order of the Gospel, like they will be once we're in ordinary time again after Pentecost. So uh, pretty much... A lot of stuff has happened since last week's between last week's gospel and this week's gospel. Last time we saw Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, the the thing to know is that Jesus is kind of making his way from Galilee and the region of Galilee in the north down towards Jerusalem. So he's not in Jerusalem yet, obviously. And but but Luke's gospel is you know slowly he's slowly working his way down to Jerusalem, going into small towns and cities. In Galilee, and then making his way uh, down to Jerusalem. On the way, so I'm going to go first. And the thing I want to highlight is this first part of the story. Um, it's just it's interesting to me the this idea of the Pharisee being the one that comes and is warning him that Herod's going to kill him, because it's been pretty made pretty clear before this in Luke's gospel and in other places in Luke's gospel, that the Pharisees as a group are actively working to get Jesus killed. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And so it's, it's just very odd that the person that comes to say, get away from here for Herod wants to kill you is a Pharisee. And I think that that detail from Luke or the, the gospel writer, the writer of Luke's gospel is kind of like, I don't. I don't think we need to just assume that this is like a breakaway Pharisee that is actually subversively trying to help Jesus. That's entirely possible. Um, but we can. I think I. I see Jesus's response as being a little bit um, weary of the messenger, in a little in a, in a mm. way, you know. And and I think that we can interpret it that way also because the way he he responds is like. Okay, Herod, like let Herod let Herod come to me then. Let it. Let's see what happens. I get it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
1: You're a fox. I'm a hen. Because they say,
0: go get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. And he said, you you go tell that fox.
1: You you tell him.
0: Listen, I am today and tomorrow. I'm going to be casting out demons and performing performing cures. And then on the third day, I'll finish my work.
1: I don't have time to play your game. Right.
0: So like,
1: <laughs> right. Jesus, don't play so that. So he's like, this
0: is, what, this is what I'll be doing and where I'll be for the next three right. days. You go right. tell Herod that. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So, But the thing is that then he says, yet today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must be on my way. Because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. So it's almost like he wants the Pharisee to know, yes, I am going to leave. But I'm not leaving because you scared me away, and I'm not leaving because I'm running away from Herod. I'm leaving because actually I'm not running away from being killed. I'm leaving because I know that it is my destiny to die. Right,
1: and I can't <laughs> and, do it here. And I can't do it here. It's not going to happen over there. Here.
0: Yeah, right. It's going to happen in Jerusalem. So, so I think that it's it's cool because in the face of the Pharisees whatever the Pharisees bringing, anxiety, anger, frustration, and the face of the Pharisee's agenda, of this particular group of, of people's agenda. Um, Jesus remains really clear about his the work that is his to do and the work that he is called to do. And he makes it very – and he d- differentiates himself from that fear and anxiety and anger very clearly because not only does he say – I'm, I am going to do these things today, tomorrow, and the next day. But he says, and you know what? I'm still going to leave. I'm not going to stay here just to spite you. I'm not going to stay here just because I want to prove you, to you that you're wrong. I'm not going to stay here just because I don't, I, I don't want to lose this fight I'm to not you. I'm chicken.
1: Yeah. I'm hen.
0: I'm <laughs> That's exactly right. He says, I have work to do, and I'm going to keep doing it the way I was going to do it before this threat came to me. And unbothered. Right. And so I think it's I, I think that it's I think that what Jesus shows regularly is the the anxiety and the pushback that you can feel when you are doing what you are really called to do. And when you're when you are really trying to speak truth, especially trying to speak truth to power and especially trying to radically reform and call back to its original intention any, you know, community that you are a part of. And Jesus, particularly in this Jewish community, was was trying to, like, recall his beloved tradition to what he believed was its work to do in the world. And in the face of that, he gets a lot of pushback, as you can see, from political entities and religious entities And various authority figures, and and I think it's just a a cool in in the time and place that we find ourselves now in this context of America, in the twenty first century, in a place where and time where we are called to to be act very actively social justice oriented. You know, not to just be like as a white privileged straight male person i'm not called to just be like aware of racism i am called to be like actively Mm -hmm. Mm anti-racist that requires actual like movement in a direction opposite of the way that the culture moves right you know and that's what jesus is doing he's going in the direction opposite of the way the culture is trying to move him
2: i think that notion of you know, how this happens in our everyday life leads into into my point. And um, mine, is, mine is about how Jesus is not innocent or ignorant to the realities of politics. And he recognizes the politics that are at play here and in other stories that we read. You know, it is it is easy to... I think it's easy to sometimes dismiss the work that Jesus does as being unattainable for us when we view him as someone who doesn't realize the politics that are at play. Mm -hmm. And for us as people who work in offices are a part of churches, go to school. Those are all places where politics take place for better or worse. Um, and so that notion of how do we how do we acknowledge these politics and this desire for status and power and these these political machines that try to push us in ways and recognize how we can make them Christ like. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus isn't isn't saying that politics are wrong or that this guy needs to repent or or anything like that. But he is acknowledging that the politics of the system exist mm-hmm. and that and that we still need to focus on the kingdom of God mm-hmm. and be ready for when it when it arrives. And so how will we how do we use that and how do we acknowledge our church politics and use them to serve God and to serve the greater good. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because he's so he because because just in the story he's coming up against not only like cultural and cultural and local Jewish religious authorities that are that are unique authority in his faith life and and group, but he's coming up against Herod who is who is connected to the Jewish religion and community, but only as an agent of. The occupying state of Rome, so it's like there is like a local pressure, and then Herod is kind of a, a more a wider um, region and right. level of politics, and then that's through him getting to like the politics of the Roman Empire that and the one, politics, Roman Empire, yeah. and yeah. the politics and and cultural momentum towards oppression, right. especially of the group that Jesus is a part of, and especially of um, impoverished people right and in many this, other groups in the, as well. area. the
1: Jews yeah. weren't the other the only ones suffering under roman rule
0: and so what jesus and the and the thing is, is that jesus does is he doesn't like he he's aware of the politics he knows what's at play but he and he doesn't go at herod he like he keeps going He's going to subvert the system in order right. to change it.
1: He doesn't go against the players, he goes against the game.
0: Yeah. And he's aware of the right. system and the momentum of the system because of the momentum of the system and the culture is towards oppression. So I think it, I think like to your, to your point Jackie, Jesus is our example of how to operate politically because he the gospel is not void of politics, you no. know. Right. If you're if you're preaching social justice in a church in a in a faith community you are talking about politics and you're talking about it in the same way that jesus was talking about it because he was talking about the way that that oppressive systems were working against god's will for the people that were involved in those systems right and right. and against justice and against equality and when we're doing that yes it's going to be political but it's going to be political because it's about justice.
1: Uh, But so I'm like, oh, that kind of goes into my point. No, it doesn't. That's okay. (laughs) Um, I just think of Jesus as kind of a parent when he talks about how often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. Um, Throughout my life, I've been very... I've had a very... I've discussed it on the podcast before, a very contentious relationship with my mother where I really rejected her and wouldn't like allow her to be my mom in a way. I wouldn't take her advice. I wouldn't allow her to parent me. I wouldn't allow her... And that's not just uh, on a disciplinary level, but that's more on a maternal level. I wouldn't allow her to care for me and love me um, just for several reasons. And that was causing me a lot of harm. And, you know, physical harm, emotional harm, left and right and center. And I just feel her pain and Jesus's pain through these words of we're with Jerusalem. He's saying, you know, you people like I'm trying to help you and I want to save you and I want to protect you. And I just want to gather you up like a hen uh, with her brood under her wings. And that frustration that must come from our defiance and our refusal for love and help and care from Jesus uh, who just wants to love and protect us and you know, and I feel like people wouldn't listen to him if people rejected his help and his love and his care and he's saying, You know, you weren't willing to come into my care and how just, you know, absolutely exasperating that might be for someone who just wants nothing but the best for you and then for you to go and get hurt. Mm-hmm. Um so I mean if this might be especially pertinent for parents that are listening for the podcast, but I myself am not a parent, but I know I was that pain for my mom and how awesome it is to be taken care of. (laughs) And it can be really easy to just want to try to raise yourself and do things on your own without God. And it's really hard. (laughs) I tried.
0: Yeah. This one's really interesting because it taps into this, this this particularly taps into like a more cosmic Christ, a thread of Jesus in the gospels because how often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing. Well, just in the 13 chapters of Luke's gospel, it's not that Jesus has like tried to do this. No, he's talking about the children of Israel. Yeah. Because, because this language of a hen brooding and gathering and under the wings, it's like it, that happens that there's that illusion a number of times, and it's all towards God. That's a it's just a cool image and a cool way of thinking about it of like Jesus, this mother image, this female image for God and for Jesus. It's just this idea that that Jesus that it's possible for Jesus that Jesus kind of pulling together these two different um, roles of like of both critiquer and. One the one that's like critiquing and getting frustrated with the people that he loves and desperately wanting to comfort and hold them right. close. And how
1: many you know? mothers have been like that? Exactly. Right? That yeah. they're fretting over you and, and you think they're just being completely judgmental and horrible and rude. But no, it's doing they're doing it because they really they want nothing but the absolute best for you and it anguishes them to see you mm-hmm. hurting.
0: And so it's, and it's cool to think about that happening in the mind of Jesus in the mind of God cosmically of like, of like, so being in such close relationship with us, you know, constantly a back and forth, you know, of of relationship, like a mother and a child. Okay. So I think we have three points. Uh, Actually, I know we have three points. So number one was mine. And I talked about the first part of the reading and the way that Jesus models for us, um, continuing in the work that we are feeling called to do in the face of real pushback and tension uh, in the communities and world around us. Um, number two was Jackie's, and she talked about the the kind of the interplay of of politics and faith and the way that we that Jesus is modeling. Um, moving through those dynamics of both being in a faith community and recognizing the larger political landscape that we're a part of and the way that that fits with our call to justice and equality for, for all people. And then Maya's was about this imagery of the hen gathering her brood under her wing that Jesus uses at the end talking about the, the interplay and the relationship between mother and child and that kind of ongoing, changing uh, way that God is in, re- in relationship with us. So, having heard that discussion, Jackie is going to read the gospel one more time and see if you hear anything new this time through.
2: At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that fox for me, Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together? as a hen gathers her brood under her wings. And you were not willing. See, your house is left to you. And I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord.
0: All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening this week. We will be back in your feed next week, March 24th, which will be Lent 3. We hope you have a good second week of Lent. Make sure to go follow us on Instagram at faith2go. Share your responses to any of those uh, faith discussion prompts throughout the week, and we'll share those responses on the podcast next week. Send any questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion to us either in those responses on Instagram. You can also email us at faith to go at stpaulcathedral.org or through the website www.myfaith2go.org. On that website, make sure you go check out all of the Faith to Grow resources for you to use if you have kids. And if you don't have kids, uh, we hope you enjoy listening to the podcast and doing your own personal reflection throughout the week. And then um, make sure to rate and review this podcast to help other people find it on their favorite podcast app. Until next week, we say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.